0: This episode of the Buffalonian podcast is brought to you by the Source Podcast Network, a podcast network built with and for entrepreneurs. We cover many genres, including sports, business, mental health, marketing, and entertainment. Feature the podcast shows such as Sports Bring People Together, Limitless, Saviors of the Metaverse, The Athletic Mindset, and the Buffalonian podcast. Learn more at cazsourcecom slash podcast. And without further ado, let's get into the Buffalonian podcast. The Buffalo Bills fall to the Minnesota Vikings. And the Sabres have lost three straight since we last talked about them on the pod. And of course, we'll be talking hot takes, trivia, and more. This is the Buffalonian Podcast. All right, let's go. We are back with the Buffalonian podcast. I'm Joe Kelly, and as always, I'm joined by Dom Lawson, Mike Marino. And fellas, what a week it's been for both the Bills and Sabres, but let's kick it off with some Bills talk. Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings have have taken taken us down. We're six and three, third in the division. You know, it's 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 tough. It's tough. Dom, I see you scratching your chin there. It looks like you got something you want to say. What do you what do you want to start off with, buddy?
1: Definitely a uh Pretty tough loss to be up three possessions at home and not get the job done is uh, definitely going to be one of those you come back in the year and wonder how you lost that kind of game.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mike?
1: <laughs> um, Well, you know, you see uh, they
2: stopped them on the, the one-yard line, and you're like, oh, okay, we're, we're going to win here. Like, you know, squeak by, you know, they almost came back. No, let's just muff a snap. On the goal line, <laughs> let them score a touchdown. Okay, so get get down the field. Yeah, okay, kick field goal overtime. Like, all right, let's just get the ball. Lose the coin toss. Okay, that's great. Um, hold them to uh, a field goal. It's good. You know, you got Josh. You got this offense. They can go down the field, score a touchdown, get in the red zone. Let's just force it to Gabe Davis, who's covered. Throw a pick, lose the game.
1: Very good.
0: Now, I don't know about you, but that sounds like... And that
1: was that was within the last, uh, what,
0: 30, 40 seconds of the fourth quarter, too. You could have added a lot more to that one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just looking at it, I, this, this felt like... A, it looked like Josh Allen was playing in 2019 again. I don't know about how you guys felt. I mean, he had some big plays, had some good plays, but also in there were those mistakes. I mean, Colin Coward's already made comments. You know what I mean? It's It's already out there. Oh, you know, he looked great, but now he's making those good old Josh Allen mistakes again. I mean, it's just the past two weeks, he's made those tough interceptions. You know what I mean? Like, it's just been, it's been kind of, you look at it after like, who is he throwing to? I mean, the Vikings, I mean, we were talking about, they were a legit seven and one team. They gave us a run for our money. So now they're eight and one, right? Same record just, as the Eagles. I just so. don't understand. Like, is Josh Allen like anti-checkdown or something? Like, yeah, I know
2: he's throwing checkdowns. Like, I know he's probably like, oh, like, being told he's the guy right now and that like he needs to be on to win but like you cannot force these throws like just take the check downs like seminary yeah. is wide open like just 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 take it you know or if nothing's there just throw it away play another no, down i agree I, with you
1: i think what is frustrating about that the first interception honestly if you actually like watch the play it's not a bad play seeing that it's fourth down um and honestly, like if you look at the backside, he actually has Dawson Knox open. It's just Isaiah McKenzie for whatever reason runs out of bounds. <laughs> so that freed up Patrick Pearson to come off him and pick it. You know what I mean? So that was more like really unfortunate. The second yeah. pick is just he, like Davis might have had like a half step, but it was a bad th- like he threw it behind him. Like if he maybe if he if he threw it if he threw it high and away, maybe Maybe that's a touchdown, but yeah. when you throw it low and behind, behind. him, it was a pick. And I'm 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 gonna say that he should have chucked it down to Singletary. I'll give him a semi pass on that for one. If you look at the all twenty two view, the wide view of the camera, he actually didn't have Singletary only would have probably gained like three or four yards. Now I'm saying it's three or four yards, It probably helps. And he was also blocking when Josh started to throw the ball, so. It, it would I don't I mean I don't fully but it comes down to the fact of the play call is Singletary is like the only one that's like not in the end zone. Like it was second and ten with a minute twenty to go, you have both timeouts, you're at the eighteen yard line or whatever, like you didn't have to no score a touchdown on that. It wasn't fourth and ten, no time remaining. Like I don't no. I don't understand the play call that they I I just I think Josh is making some really stupid mistakes, and I think he deserves mm-hmm. criticism, a lot of criticism for this. But I think Ken Dorsey deserves just as much. I think both of them are completely at, at fault for what's going on. Oh, yeah, this, absolutely. I,
0: like I said, I, I mean, well, like you said, Josh Allen does deserve a lot of fault here, but people are kind of overlooking Dorsey's involvement with this. I know we're going to talk about it in a little bit here. I mean, the running game, Singletary could have easily run there instead of forcing that throw. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I was I was watching it, and I just classic classic bills classic buffalo sports at that point the letdown the lead up for the letdown you know what i mean but well you talk about Billsy results and i think that one might be like yeah yeah that's like probably this season the dolphins was a tough loss right i mean mackenzie didn't run out of bounds whatever that like that was he almost didn't do it again this week i know i know i saw that again and then the gabe davis catch on fourth down or his catch on the sideline, I don't remember what down it was. That was not an actual catch. The NFL actually it wasn't tweeted out
1: down. it wasn't fourth down, but it was like that yeah. final drive.
0: Yeah. And they actually tweeted out and said that that shouldn't have been a catch. Now Bill Belichick is asking for a rule change after that. He wants uh two coaches challenge within two minutes after that. So but um no, I mean there was a lot that that went our way, like tipped the scale, like in our direction on that. Still, like, well, the Bills had 12 men in the field and that first and goal to two in overtime. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's I think I think before we get more into the negatives here. Is there anyone on your minds that that like stepped up and like moved into the, you know, took took the limelight in this awful game? Like, like, let's just be honest here. Who Who is Stephon your on
2: digs? Yeah. And catch against mm-hmm. his former team. Yep. He also
1: dropped a crucial third down pass, but we're going to forget about that. Yep.
0: Yep. Just let that
1: one go right over the head. <laughs> no, but I, He has to come down with that one. But I mean, if he, if you tell me he made, I mean, he made the hard play, which is, which is cool. So he yeah. played well. I actually thought like Gabe Davis had a pretty nice game. Um, I thought it was like good in the beginning, how they were able to get McKenzie involved with those manufactured touches, as we said. Yeah. Um, But I mean, at the end of the day, like I just don't, I think the play calling just kind of disappeared in the second half, and you didn't see him spreading the ball around as much as he did. Josh did. And they weren't running the ball at all. I don't think James Cook. I mean, we'll talk about it. So I don't want to spoil everything. But if I <laughs> would say one person that really stepped up, he only played the first half, but
0: Tremaine. Yep, I would agree with you. He was my my guy. Dom, hold that jersey up right now. Hold that jersey up. A warren and and
1: Tre- and, and I I will say this. I am one of the <laughs> founders of the Tremaine Edmonds is good. Uh, foundation, you know, I've I've been here since day one. I'm a, I'm a mm-hmm. day one supporter. Joe, you're probably I'm a bandwagon. A, you're a day
0: like, yeah. You're like a day three thousand supporter. Yeah, I'm hopping on. I'm hopping on the Tremaine Edmonds bandwagon. I mean, he had a great game for when he was in, and when he was out, you felt that he was out of the game. So I mean, it was just his presence was missed on the field, and I mean, it's definitely tough. I hope you know, he's fully the Vikings were able to attack
1: the middle of the field. Without Tremaine, Tremaine took the middle of the field away when he was in. I mean, you saw with he fouls, feeling up the seam on that last drop before the half. I mean, my my man, if I am allowed to criticize him because I'm a day one sport, he needs to get on that jugs machine or whatever because he dropped so many picks. Yeah, but yeah. May, I mean, countless times you see a lot of reps where he was winning against wide receivers in the middle of the field, which is not normal for a linebacker. No, um, and I think he's part- proving
0: a re-signing. This year, I, th- I think I think we're going to sign him. I, I, well, I th- fun
1: fact about Tremaine. Tremaine now is the second highest graded linebacker, according to PFF, and is ranked first in coverage grade for 90.0. Number three, Matt Milano. Look at that. The Bills. Oh, I mean... Also, with his grades, he's slightly below. He's a good pass blitzer. He's slightly below average against the run, but he's been elite this year against coverage, which has been a huge step for him. Um, but okay. I, I would say it. I think Tremaine Emmons and Jordan Porter and some of those guys might be the new... Uh, Chris Drury and Danny Briere, because wow. I think I think Brandon Bean oh, signed... reference in no, no, the bill no. section because Darcy Gear chose Thomas Vanek over those two guys and let those two guys go. Brandon Bean this offseason chose Dawson Knox over those two guys. Now that again they could still get signed, but if they both walk off the door, I mean, what an absolute blunder that's looking to be.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm
1: sorry. I mean, I'm sorry. It's it's very. I mean, am I wrong? Like. I would, no. I would I would I I think anyone here would say Tremaine Edmonds and Jordan Poirier are more valuable to the team than Dawson Knox. I'm not like roasting Dawson Knox. Like he's a they just don't they, use Dawson Knox. They don't use him. He's a solid tight end, but I don't think a solid tight end should be making fourteen million dollars a year, especially when you're using him mostly as a run blocker and he's getting minimal targets. Like when you have an elite safety, I know he's a little bit past you know, not past prime, but at the end of his prime and you have a stud linebacker that seems just to be getting better, like yeah. I don't know. It's kind of hard to pick. Like, it's kind of hard for me to
0: pick the tight end over that. Yeah, yeah, I understand. In the off season, maybe uh, Dawson was having. Oh, well, yeah. I. By the way, my stepped up player Dom. I'm on the day three thousand bandwagon of the Tremaine train. So, but uh. The
2: Tremaine train. The Tremaine
0: train. Oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah the it, Tremaine it was, train. A, Look at that. He said shirts. Yes, make shirts with Dom's face on the Tremaine train. All right, but um. Uh, no, I I think Dawson Knox might have looked better in the preseason, but now he's I don't you know see... about the preseason. I, th- I think I – At think the end they, of last season?
1: I think what they truly believed is that he was a difference-making tight end, mm-hmm. a tight end that you had to scheme against. And this year, they have not used him like that. So no. it's like, why would they – I don't know. It seems like, to me, that being in – And, like, McDermott and Dorsey just did not have a conversation about what Dawson Knox's role is going to be on this team. And I truly believe if they they knew what his role would be, he wouldn't have this contract. Because it just doesn't make any sense. No.
0: No, I 100% agree with you. I mean, some people are calling for Frank Reich to become our OC. Just so you know, I've seen that. Okay, I don't, I don't.
1: I'm not saying it's completely anti. I think Dorsey's more good than bad, but the bad is getting a little bit too noticeable for my liking. But yeah,
0: also like Tremaine calls the
1: plays, and he's been in the locker room five years. He's a captain, so I don't know. I don't know, man. And he's He's only 24. Yeah, he's younger. I wonder what kind. My only thing would be is if his contract's (laughs) ridiculously high. If that's it, then I could understand it maybe, but. It's also not like you didn't pay just pay Dawson Knox top five money, so
0: yeah, exactly. So I mean, I don't know. It's definitely interesting, and I would hope to see them make some room for to sign him. At least one of them, like Poyer, in him. But uh, like you said, it might might be that that old old school saver situation right there, where you might have to let him walk, which would be a a damn shame, if you will, a damn shame. But just getting back to the game. Who stood out to you? Like who sucked? Who who stunk? Stunk it up? Who's the Who's the worst one? Who's the worst one on the field?
1: Hmm. It's a tough question to ask. I would hmm. say, I would say the secondary of the Bills. Well, I think they are obviously not super talented, and they tried their best. And Justin Jefferson's just, I mean, arguably maybe even I don't know if it's arguable. Any anyway, after his performance last week, might be the best receiver <laughs> in the NFL. Yeah. Um, I just think they just got overmatched by him, and they didn't – I mean, it just comes down to Cam Lewis doesn't knock the ball down. I would just say the defense to me was underwhelming in the fact of – I think they played a very good game for the first – I'm trying to, like, do the math in my head. Three quarters? or nearly three quarters before – the drive before the 80-yard touchdown. Like 40 minutes. And then they just fell apart, and – yeah, I think part of it's the offense who's not able to sustain really great drives, but it also comes down to the fact that the the the, D, the Bills defense, who are supposedly the number one defense in the NFL, had multiple chances to win this football game. Now grant some yeah. now grant someone's gonna say they did because they got the stop on fourth and goal at the half and yard. And good for you, but I mean it's, it's, you didn't put your team in the best spot even if you got the stop. So but like I mean right. fourth and eighteen. Knock the ball down, you win. Well, there was a fourth on that touchdown drive in the fourth quarter to make it 27 23. Like, fourth and one couldn't get the stop, even though you had you kind of had you had an opportunity. You had two guys, Terry Johnson missed ta- missed the tackle. I can't remember. I think it might have been Cam Lewis that had him he at was. like the half half yard and got let him get another yard. And then, you know, fourth and six, you get another conversion. So, I mean, the defense is not without fault here. They had opportunities to win the game for this team and they didn't come through.
0: No, I would agree with that. I, I mean, Mike, do you have anybody specific, or are you you on the same? You on the the defense train there?
2: <laughs> yeah, no, kind of, kind of the same there. I mean, I don't really know. What no, else I to mean, add. Cam
0: Cam Lewis even said in a post game interview, he said he got greedy and should have just swatted the ball. Like he you know, he was he got greedy and went for the interception, and that ended up converting that Justin Jefferson catch. So I mean, he helped him catch the ball. Yeah, pretty much held it in his hand for him. So, but he's. He said he should have swatted it. I'm not fully forgiving him, but at least he knows. You know what I mean? Like that, that just, that was detrimental. I, I couldn't believe that, that that happened when I watched it. But I mean,
2: yeah, just, fourth oh, and 18.
0: Yeah, fourth and 18. We like that, that conversion just We not let up like what, three,
2: fourth downs in a row or something?
0: Yeah. I mean,
1: mm-hmm. you would like, you would like also, I know he got a sack on that last drive, on the last drive for regulation, but you'd have liked an overtime for Vaughn to make a play. Like I mean, you're paying him a lot of yeah. money. I know he got listen. He got the sack, true, true. But at the same time, like, I
0: don't know. Ed Oliver had a nice game. I thought he was very solid. We were talking but about how he needed to step up a little bit too, and he finally did a little bit. So.
1: Appenasso, I thought had a really good first half for facing group, but at, you know, second half on, it's like, where, where's Jordan Phillips? Is he is he on this team anymore? Like, he's nah. just kind of just. Yeah, I a mean,
2: uh, false start or um, offside. I
1: could have bet you. A hundred dollars on that fourth and one, he was gonna, uh, fourth and goal. I yeah. knew he was gonna fall. He always offsides, he, uh, offsides, but he always like does that. It's like, dude, you never, you're
0: terrible at time. Stop doing that. Yeah, no, you, that was blatant, too. He jumped right not across mention, the line.
1: Not to mention that could have cost the Bills the game because if he doesn't jump offsides and they get the stop and say so the same place happened where they fumble the ball and they score a touchdown, the Bills could have had first and goal to nine yard line with 11 seconds to go instead of five seconds to go and they would have had a throw in the end zone. No one, no one, no one remembers that play, that that extra five, six seconds that Jordan Phillips wasted. Yeah. No. Sorry, sounds a lot here than I intended to, but I mean, no, but that's a play that's underrated when you look back at. It. I didn't even think of that until I just I just went over it in my head, but like that play kind of cost the Bills a little bit of time. And yeah.
0: No, I mean, you're absolutely. right. Maybe
1: you kind of wanted to. If you if you knew the result, would you rather have Kirk just score the QB sneak, and then you would again you would have had another six seconds to on the nine but yeah
0: kind of a let them score scenario
1: but but and honest to god hindsight is undefeated like oh yeah what are you gonna do my one question is this did you agree with
0: the decision to go for it fourth and two with the five down up by 10 i would have kicked field goal yeah at that point i the madden in me wants to go for it but in real game time situation Absolutely, kick the field goal, take the three points. Because those three points, look at the difference that would have made at the end. But then again, Hindsight, hindsight's 20
1: Hindsight's twenty twenty. 20 I, I agree with the decision. I don't know why. on You four, have yeah, fourth and two. If you have the best quarterback in the NFL, you should be able to get two yards. And especially because, I look at it in perspective. If it fails, you're still up two scores. If you kick the field goal, you're still only up two scores. If, it, if it's successful, you have a tendency to go up three scores. And yes, I think part of the decision is now a little roastable because the Vikings missed a PAT, and if they would have just kicked the field goal, it would have been thirty to thirty, and you would have drove down the field, finish the win. But you can't—I mean, you can't bank on a missed PAT from a kicker in the NFL. So yeah. I don't—I disagree with that. And also, it kind of comes down to the fact of the decision by the Ravens against the Bills, actually, when they went for it what fourth and goal from the five and Lamar throws the pick in the end zone. I don't think McDermott thought, Oh yeah, if this play doesn't work, Josh is going to throw a pick and they're going to have the ball actually at their 36. Like he was thinking like, if this play fails, they're going to have to get the ball at the five and have to drive down the field. So I, I mean, I like the decision. I just don't like the execution of the decision. And then it came. I mean, it came back to bite them, but I don't think the decision yeah. in the moment was not wrong. I no, think it was I, the right. Decision. That definitely just... is accurate. Poor play call, poor execution. I mean, it's kind of like, I'll be honest, it's the story of the Bills and short yardage and situational football. Like every, every time they get in the red zone, I, I, you know, Josh, I believe is third or it was before the game, but he was third and expected points added out of like 55 quarterbacks in the red zone. He's 52nd. Like he's one of the worst quarterbacks in the red zone this year. It's kind of like, I, I, it just, it feels like, it feels a little bit like it's a Josh issue, but it also feels like it's a little bit of a Dorsey issue that he's just not getting he's just the plays the plays are just not working in the red zone. Like I don't no. know what to tell you. And and also it comes down to the fact of the Bills score two touchdowns running the ball inside the five yard line and they just get away from the ground game. Like I don't know what's up with that. And people are people in these short yard situations are daring the Bills to run the ball. Oh and yeah. they just can't do it. And they, and they won't do it. It's mm-hmm. it's the what the one play in the second half they don't they don't run the ball Josh Stowe's an incompletion they hit the field goal the mm-hmm. oh, I'm sorry they might have punted on that one or whatever uh, Duke Johnson they run the ball but they that the running of Duke Johnson on third and two like give me a break on that they can't even get two yards against a light front and then we get yeah. second second and goal at the two from, from the five they do a stupid tight end screen like what was that. You run a tight end screen on the five yard line. Yeah. What do you think no. was going to happen? They run another terrible play of terrible spacing between Mackenzie and Gabe Davis. It looked like there was a miscommunication or whatever. Um, I have the pick on fourth down. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's brutal. I don't know what to tell you. It's, it's no it's just it,
0: brutal. You put it perfectly. Brutal. There's, there's no other way to go about it. And I, I would have liked to see more run game. I mean, and especially.
2: Damn. I, I love the sound of that you sipping on your drink.
0: Oh yeah, dumb. Sipping <laughs> sipping over there. Oh yeah, I, I was I was very thirsty. He's getting he's getting heated about this Bills loss, okay? And I think the biggest question is why did we I, if we look at Miami for instance here, right? They traded for Jeff Wilson Jr., right? Same day the Bills did. We traded for Jeff Wilson Jr.? No, no, for Hines. Sorry. Sorry. Traded for Hines. Where where is Hines on the field? But Jeff Wilson Jr. scoring twenty two fantasy points and mm-hmm. doing very well. Like and where's James Cook? Like wh- like what what is happening? Like Singletary motor. I, I tweeted out Motorin, Like as soon as he was going, like it was awesome. But there's no consistency in run plays, like you were saying, and especially with a running back that we traded for and a rookie running back. That we need to be getting field experience. But you like, spent a valuable pick on. Right, exactly. Like, what what are we doing? Like, I, I, I do not understand it. And there was no reason for them not to call run plays yesterday. That it it was very especially effective. when up especially went up by three possessions. Yes, exactly. Like I I was calm coming into the podcast about this. This just reignited the all the all the anger I had. Because I just I simply can't wrap my head around it. I I really can't. I don't I don't quite. I you know why they don't short show Ken Dorsey in the booth anymore? Because he probably punches the camera, like after these two games. You know what I mean? Like, but I I I can't. Mike, do you have anything? Like, what do you think on? <laughs> on I I I gotta stop. I gotta stop. I'm gonna I'm gonna make myself the, mad. You, yourself, can get a nice little glass of water for yourself. Yeah, I might. I
2: might. No, it, I just think it's really annoying how like you always see like these game of the year and like all these memorable games and it's like we're always on the losing end of these games it's like I don't know we're just like cursed like just permanently unlucky when it comes to stuff like this but like it's just like I don't know when it
0: it seems like when it really comes down to it we just can't execute no and part of me is like okay it's Ken Dorsey's first year as offensive coordinator but you you were under Brian Dable as a QB coach for that long like I mean I don't know, Don. What do you think, think on that?
1: I th- I think my frustration
0: with Dorsey is
1: they only they use motion nine. They're like ninth in the NFL in motion, and motion is just free. I mean, anytime you put go in motion, it seems like you're causing havoc for the defense. And like you see, like the Chiefs and like the Dolphins, the Niners, like teams that are really smart offensively, they use a ton of motion and they give you free layups. For your quarterback and it feels to me like I mean Mahomes like I know this isn't even bashing Mahomes This just facts like Mahomes with Reed like Reed gives him a lot of easy layups and but also Mahomes to his credit is willing to take those layups I think it's now going to come down to Dorsey has to do a better job of incorporating more motion getting more easier plays for Allen yes Allen can make those unbelievable throws but You can only need to do them maybe once or twice a game. You don't need to be calling them consistently. Like, make it easier for your star quarterback. And then you have to talk to your star quarterback and say, hey, we're going to do more of this so it's easier for you. But Mm -hmm. you need to buy in and make it easier for yourself. Like, we can't do it. I mean, we can't do it for you. We can't fill the ball for you. But, like, you have to be willing to do that. Like Mike said, be willing to take more checkdowns. Be willing to shorten up the route tree a little bit more. Focus more. I mean, we talked all this offseason about Yak. Like just get people with the ball. They have they have very
0: solid playmakers when they're when the ball is in their hands. Oh, and not to mention, uh, that running back Naheem Hines we traded for is uh at the top of the league in uh yak after after catch for receiving running backs, like whenever he's played. So I mean it'd be nice to maybe use him for that, you know. It's like, also frustrating that Duke Johnson gets a third and two carry.
1: Uh, anyone on your roster, you give the ball to Duke Johnson? Yeah. Yeah. Like you didn't trust Heinz to also be the kickoff returner too. Like you wasted the roster spot, kind of. I don't say Duke Johnson was bad at returning the kickoffs. No, but he
0: actually had he had a couple good ones. I, but I like, mean, I was but kind like, why surprised.
1: is Heinz Hi- is a good punt returner. He, is he just not allowed to be the kick returner? He's just not not in the offense. James Cook, to his credit, I think has played really well when he's getting some touches. Like he's yeah. one of the big issues for him coming out of college was his contact balance, or it, it was a struggle potentially if he was able to. After first contact, get yards, but we, we've seen it time and time again. He turns the corner, he takes the hit from the linebacker, he stays up and gets another three or four yards, and they're just not using him. And it's, it's kind of like, why? I mean, he's your most, most probably, I don't, Hines is probably the answer, but James Cook's probably one of your more athletic, probably your most athletic running back. Yeah. I mean, he's more athletic than Singletary, no offense to Devin. Like, also, I I, I say this, I am so done with these draw plays with mm-hmm. Singletary. Like, why do they keep doing that? Every time they run that play, that he gets hit, like, behind the line of scrimmage. Like, keep doing the outside
0: runs. Like That's what he is. He's not going to go up through the line. Like, that is – we found that out last year, and guess what? When they started not doing that, when Dable started not calling those plays, we were yelling motor in pretty much every drive because the dude was flying. Like, don't send him up the middle. Like, oh, my God. It's just – it's so aggravating. It's – it's to the point now where it's like we we know where our players are. We've seen Singletary for the past few years. We know what he's best at. Why don't you do what he's best at? Like and use these other running backs and try try to draw plays with them. But like don't use Singletary for that. You know that's not gonna work. Like it should be it should be up here at this point. Like you know the team. Dorsey's been around for a while. You know, like just do what they're best at. Don't try and force them into something because that's when they underproduce in use the people we have it's just so aggravating
1: i just think it's frustrating that it seems that so many players i mean these guys have been on the bills team as you said joe for all of them for at least three seasons and it just feels like i mean dorsey's been here the whole time and he just does he not know his roster like it just seems like every player other than Diggs is getting underutilized in some way and getting put in positions that aren't their necessary position of strength which is i mean it just ends up being bad coaching and then it leads to not be able to execute like for every reason, like I know Josh is banged up and they probably didn't want to run him, but like you run two really good QB powers against the Jets, like mm-hmm. second and two, third and two, like just where is that? But well, where is like where is like that play with the Colts where like he could
0: add them and potentially throw it if he gets in trouble, like right? Just where where the I don't know it's I. Well, I they know. they were doing that too on that overtime drive. He rushed for good chunks of the field, like. That was scrambling, though. That well, was scrambling. He scrambled, and he gained a ton of yardage. Like, I don't know. Maybe like that—that should have told you. Maybe use the ground game because I get it. They're in pass defense. He scrambled, right? He he did his he did what Josh Allen does, and he was great. But I don't know. I don't know. That's simply it. I don't know. I mean, we're going. The Browns are coming here this week. It's going to be a snowy game. All right. The snows. The snowstorm's moving in. I got the beanie should, on. You know, should
2: be interesting. See if we can stop. Uh... Brown's run game,
0: yeah, Chubb. We got matchup. Chubb. I mean, we're going to talk about that on the betting on the Bills episode this week. But I mean, especially if it's windy and snowy, we're gonna need some, we're gonna need some run game here. And I think we got to see these these guys come out and play. I mean, Let's see, it's just I don't know, I don't know, man. I mean, the I coaching
1: know. has kind of been, it's just been weird. Like I think all of us are pounding the table for Jaquan Johnson to get off the field. Yeah, um, but I don't think any of us expected Cam Lewis, who's a converted cornerback, to make his first NFL start at safety. And that—I mean—I don't think he. I don't think Cam Lewis at times was bad, but on the biggest plays of the game, he was bad. Like the, yeah. the Delvin Cook touchdown. Like, yes, Christian Benford misses him in the hole, but and Cam, but Cam Lewis takes a bad angle on Delvin Cook and he's gone. Like, I don't know if he took a if he took a good angle. Does he get him down? I don't know. But, I mean, just Justin Jefferson catch, like, again, I just... Yeah, just, you got to just take
0: deep breaths. <laughs> it
1: just seems like it's been a tough... It's just tough, and especially when now you're down potentially Tremaine, who is playing at a high level. You don't mm-hmm. have... You're all pro safety and Porter probably still. I mean, he, I don't know. Trey White, but, we don't know what's going on with him. So, it's just like... You don't probably want to... I mean, Groot, Groot was week to week. I doubt he plays this week. So, just... And he's your best cool. run defender against, you know, as Mike said, I don't want to get too far into it, but, I mean, a bad matchup in so, that Cleveland front. I mean, I don't know.
0: What needs to change? What do you think needs to change uh, for them to reach their ceiling? I mean, it's going to just have to be more consistency with the ground game. I think that's the biggest thing. And just getting healthy on defense, like getting Tremaine out, back out there full, you know, because he's been, like you said, playing at a very high level. Tradavius uh, White needs to get back out there. I mean, we were talking before the show, and we don't know whether or not he. I mean, he could have had another setback, and they're not just not saying anything because he's been cleared, he's been activated. Like, we, what it, does it's what did it say on the injury report for him last week? Do you know? Any idea? I I don't know. I probably limited action. I mean, it's just like I don't know. And now we're sitting at third in the AFC East and sixth in the AFC Conference. Like, this is. Not where I expected us to be at this season, and that might just be the bias of I'm not fan Okay. In me. I, but we I, also I, last season had to deal with something like this. So I'm not like I'm not I'm freaking not concerned out concerned about that
1: because the Bills play, have four more divisional games down the stretch. So it's not right. like they don't have an opportunity.
0: Well, and like you them. said on the betting on the Bills episode last week, it doesn't matter your record in the post in the pre, in the actual season. All that matters is how you play in December, January, and February, hopefully. So all that matters is what's your record in the postseason. Exactly. Does it have a Does it have a number other than zero at that loss column?
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know. I, I just think I think we need more consistency at the, the run game, and Josh needs to take the checkdowns. I think that's big, and not try and play hero ball. we we I feel like we're a broken record. We've said that for the past three weeks. I think stop the hero ball. You know, I think like... it. I think it's just getting healthy
1: defensively and simplifying. I don't know if simplifying the offense is the right word, but making the offense making easier outs for Josh and Josh will take those. I think it's going to be the the key to the the Bills getting back to those first couple of weeks of the season.
0: Yeah. Pre buy, pre buy bills, pre buy bills. Absolutely, Mike. What do you think?
2: No, I mean, uh, I agree. I think Allen trying to play hero balls really just. Ridded him of uh, MVP.
0: Yeah. Do we think he's completely out of the conversation now after this yeah. game?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I um, agree. Yeah. I'm mean, gonna I think it hot maybe, but right now my my pick of that certain quarterback that plays for the Kansas City Chiefs looking yeah pretty nice for right now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how they come back on this season. I just think you know run game and check downs just more consistency overall, but. Before that's going to conclude our Bills talk, but before we head into the Sabres talk, I just wanna I want to bring up to everyone here the Sports Bring People Together podcast. Listen for entrepreneurial conversations with those in sports. And who knows where the chats will take you, but sports got us all together in the first place. And you can find this show wherever you listen to your podcast or simply visit sportseplus.com. And fellas, talking about a difficult week for the Bills, oh boy. Sabres have lost three straight since we last talked about them on the pod, and we were at one of those games, the Jack Eichel return game. So, I mean, was this what were did we have record predictions going into the week, or did we just predict? Uh, the uh, I said
2: one, one, and one, or something.
0: I said two, and yeah, one. I think
1: I think Mike was the close. I think Joe and I said two, and one. And, yeah, you guys didn't want to that predict 0 and three.
0: Yeah, yeah. I uh, I no, would not under, said
1: five. 0-3. under 500 on the season now, seven and eight. Uh huh. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, I don't think we expected.
2: Hot, I don't know. I don't know if we expected to beat Vegas. Um, Jack. Whatever. I mean, <laughs> congrats, <laughs> Like you know, I think the first game back was way more important to it than his second game back and his first. Hundred percent. The first game oh, yeah. was way
1: more notable. And than, like I don't know, combat.
2: the one goal is an empty netter, and then the first goal was just like a gimme right to him. Bad. He also... just lucky rebound. I mean, yeah, the second were, goal was terrible. Goal time. Yeah,
0: it was a garbage time goal.
2: But then the two Boston breakaways. game, we played better than Boston. Just collapsed in third period.
1: Yeah. Just okay. seems like like they can't score that big time goal at the. They're de- scoring that, right now. is Tage. Yeah. I know. It's just it's it's tough right now because I think you know you if you look at their record, you're going to be disappointed. They're seven and eight, not playing the best hockey right now. Joe, your Stanley Cup prediction looking a little little grim, a little bit grim. Yeah, the but,
0: the um what was my record prediction? 50-24 and or 28 and 4. Yeah, 50-28, yeah, that ain't like happening. That. But <laughs> I I think what
1: gives me solace at the end of the day is that they're they're playing good hockey and eventually you gotta expect like their luck to turn around yeah you know i think you know, we said that he says we said it the best that,
0: right there buffalo but
1: we <laughs> said that in, be- in the beginning of the year it kind of felt like they were getting really elite goaltending and they mm-hmm. were getting elite finishing and now that the finishing has gone back to down to average and the goaltending is now starting to become below average
2: mm-hmm.
1: you're, you're starting to lose games even though you're playing very well on five on five and it just i don't know it comes down to a couple of things that we're going to talk about but. I'm still optimistic about. I'm not. I'm not going to say they make the playoffs, but I still think they're playing good hockey. And I think these three right. games, they played good hockey. Well, no, I'll, I'll I'll actually debate that. I'll I'll go back on that one. The Coyotes the game, they they no. The Coyotes game, they outplayed the Coyotes, but I don't think they played well. Like right. I think there's a difference between outplaying. Like the Coyotes are just bad. Vegas, they stuck with them for 40 minutes and then got dominated in the third period. And then Boston, Boston's like I think is it Boston the number one team in the Eastern Conference? Like yes. they outplayed Boston, and they just couldn't couldn't get the job done.
0: That that seems to be the way it's going, like as a whole, uh, with these games we lost, we're hanging with these good teams for a good fraction of the game, two thirds of the game, and then we just crumble in that third period, you know. So it's just, I don't know, it, it's it's tough. But also, you're right, Dom, in the fact that Tage is looking absolutely fantastic. There are sp- spots of greatness we're seeing here, but it's not all culminating in like the record at this point. I think. You know, like Mike said, it's Buffalo, right? So, I mean, like, think, there are other factors at play here, like some curses and stuff. But, I mean, I think we're on the right track. We're moving forward. I mean, people are like, oh, it's the November the November crash. Like, they're not going to do as well. They start off hot. But I think also if you look back, like, people are like, oh, they were on a 10-game win streak at this time. They were playing. I mean, that was a couple years ago. A couple years ago. But they, they were playing bad hockey and somehow winning in a lot of those cases where this, they're playing decent hockey and losing, you know what I mean? So it's like, I don't know. And we have, we have people looking up like Owen powers looked all right, like pretty good in my opinion. You know what I mean? Like better than I thought he was going to this season. Tage Thompson's look great. Like I said, I mean, it's just at this point, I think passing is big too. I, there's just a lot, there's a lot going on with the Sabers right now. I think, you know, I, I don't know. What are you thinking? <laughs> Well, yeah, I think... no,
2: I mean, like, oh.
1: Well,
0: I'm, no, no, no no,
2: just...
1: no, 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 you go, you go, you go.
2: <laughs> no, I'll just say, like, I think we all expected them to not be the best team, but, like, improvement from last year, which I would say has been a thing. Um, You know, young team, inexperienced, like, you're going to have your rough patches, always seem to start the year hot and then cool off. Yeah. And then the last, like, few weeks of the year, we're pretty good, pretty good again. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know, I think I trust... Granado can develop the right players. I don't. I don't know if necessarily like. I don't know. I mean, we're playing what Vancouver tonight. Like their team is struggling yeah. a lot, so I, we need to take advantage of that. I don't think we're gonna go on a four game losing streak. Hopefully, well, I think that into existence. I, can't, I, can't, I think they already
1: are at a four. They had a five. They're at a. Five game losing streak. I'm or pretty sure. Whatever
0: it is. Oh, yeah. But yeah, we got to we got to break the streak. Break the I streak. Think,
1: I think it comes down to the season. Well, team team wise, you would say that they aren't very good. I would say there's been a lot of there's more been a lot more positives so far than negatives. And eventually, like I would say, like you know, by next couple of weeks, like I, I think maybe the moral victories start to dry up for me. Where like maybe then they have to start at least producing some points. But Owen Powers played very well. Dalian's played very well. He's played kind of mediocre since he came back from injury, so we'll see if he could get back to that Norris level. Cousins mm-hmm. has played well. Paterka and Quinn, you know, are playing better than you'd think rookie forwards would be able to be. Tage has been one of the best players. He's on pace for sixty goals. I mean, he's
0: right. He's shooting no. at
1: such a high volume and shooting above expected is just an amazing.
0: Amazing season for that young lad. Dude, fishing yeah. in the dark better just be on repeat in that, in that stadium. His his goal song, I mean, at this point, like, come on.
2: Yeah, no, it's weird how now we're starting to get healthy on the back end and now the forwards are starting to go down. <laughs> yeah, no, Yoki you should be back. Um, Samuelson is getting closer. I think he was skating. And they're going to see how he felt, see if he can come back this week or next week. Um, but we called up
1: Bjork and Riley Sheehan. <laughs> Big guns. <laughs> I just... So obviously a post of being banged up, which I gotta be honest, like I was kind of a little bit like, okay, take a couple of days off, a of post because I didn't want Quinn to get scratched again. Because again, that was dumb. Yep. Yeah. That was dumb. Yeah. Quinn's Quinn's played very well. I know the points haven't really come for him, but he's played very well, two way game. And unfortunately now he's injured. But I mean, like he's done for the week. Apparently, I don't know how. I mean, it's kind of weird that they're like they already like built for the week. I don't know what kind of injury he has, but um, <laughs> yeah.
0: Not specific. They just said he's. he's but like, out.
1: I mean, losing those two guys, you know, hurts the team. And now, I just don't understand why they replaced him with Sheehan and York. Like, I could get Sheehan as like the veteran, but why can't you give? I'm not saying give Coolidge or Rosine or, you know, maybe another younger forward that just started in the AHL. Like, give him a whole year. I mean, Patrick and Quinn what ripped up the AHL and they scored a combined and they played in a combined what four games in the NHL so like I'm not talking like I don't think those guys but like you know maybe get another game of Brett Murray get another game of Sean Malone getting you know Linus Westback and like your older prospects in the AHL, I would much preferably see those guys get an opportunity than Andrews Burke. like I just is Andrews Burke really gonna help the team probably not is Brett Murray probably gonna help the team probably not but do I get another game uh with data of what Brett Murray gives me yes and that's more important for me than Andrew, what Andrews Burke's going to do for the team. I just, doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I mean, it comes down to that. And then it comes down to like how they've played out this entire defense injuries have just been really just malpractice. I mean, just been really like terrible. Like, okay, they don't trade for Ethan Bear. Fine. Whatever. They didn't want to give up an asset. Mike Riley was literally free on waivers. No grant <laughs> grant it cost him it would cost him three million dollars to pick him up this year and three million dollars next year Mike mm-hmm. Riley is a top has has played top four minutes for two teams. he's a legit defenseman he could have top four upside he's right. also played on the power play so he can also if you wanted to do like the cool idea of having Dahlien and Power on the same power play one, but you're like, oh, I don't know who's going to quarterback power play two. Boom. There's your solution to that category. And like, he'd easily probably be, I mean, when Samuelson comes back, probably, what, your fourth best defenseman? And he plays on the right side. I know he's left shot, but he plays on the right side. So that also helps that problem. So I just don't understand it. I don't understand why they didn't choose to need to um, boost a defenseman. I know you maybe don't want to, like, Lack herself
0: something up into next year, but he's actually a good player. So I don't, that's not right. It'd be an investment. You're right. I don't, I don't quite get that either. That's just kind of, I don't know. It's a big question mark. I want I want to, you know, just smack that on my forehead because I, I well, have no I'm idea. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I don't want to see Casey Fitzgerald
1: throw another pass into someone's skates or Lawrence Pilot get pushed off the puck again or Cal Clegg just doing Cal Clegg stuff. Like I'm sorry that I want an actual NHL defenseman. Like nothing wrong right. with those guys. Those are guys that are solid AHLers. Definitely will help the program in Rochester. You're, you're counting on those guys to play legit minutes at the NHL level.
0: Like no one thought, hey, maybe that's not a great idea. Maybe maybe yeah. that's why we're losing games. Yeah. You got a point. I, I, I understand your frustration. I mean I'm right there with you. I mean it's just it makes no sense. They they definitely should have claimed Riley to have that other, you know, real NHL defenseman like it's it's ridiculous to me I I don't know I don't know and it, it doesn't help
1: that Eric Comrie's kind of played pretty mediocre in the last couple of games yeah No, think... Grant that's that's a lot of unlucky bounces I would say but he's he mm-hmm. also still just has I mean he also hasn't
0: played well I mean it's, you could have two two things could be true at once now looking at Comrie would you think he solidified himself as a good backup goalie or is he a starter still? Like if you had if you had to pick,
2: I mean on a good team he's a backup.
0: Yeah, but for us, he's I a think starter.
2: he's I think like he had the chance to prove he was a starting goaltender, and I don't think he's proved that.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I think he's pretty he's a backup. But it's also the problem of they're making him the starter. Because they're only playing Anderson every so often, uh-huh. and it's kind of like at one point, do you just? I know UPL. Listen, UPL hasn't lit it up in Rochester. He doesn't have a good career stance in Rochester. But at one point, do you just call up UPL and be like, "All right, we're just gonna roll
0: three goaltenders." You know, I mean, I feel like soon because that might be something that they need, they need. I mean, you got the Tom Brady of the NHL in the in the net. I mean, Tom Brady would mean he's fantastic. I should say, uh, who, should, who what's a good comparison? You think like if we had to talk Matt about Ryan. Old, Matt Ryan of the NHL and that, yeah, that's actually that's perfect. I'm perfect. Matt Ryan of the NHL and that has some ups, has some good games, has some downs, has some pretty rough games. So I mean, but you also he is forty-one years old. You can't really be asking so much. You know what I mean? Like you can't ask him for all everything. So. I think they might have think, to. I don't. I think they're doing a. Uh, I actually think they're doing a good job
1: managing Anderson. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the problem? Is you don't actually have a starting goaltender next to him. You have Comrie, who's more of a backup. So that's why they should have a third goaltender up to take the load off Comrie.
0: Right. Exactly. And I mean, I think we. If that move's going to happen, I think we see it soon. I mean, uh, what do you think? Like, what what's the timeline on that? Would you say?
1: Dude, dude who knows? I don't... Yeah. No, you got I got no idea. I, can't, I don't think you can make. It predictions on what the Sabres are going to do, but that's it's it's been tough goaltending. Mike, what what is your thoughts on the super pair? I, I want to know. What do you, what do you think of the super pair of Power and Darlene?
2: I mean, I personally would split them up just so that you can have two... I don't know. I feel like I'd rather have them on the ice at separate times than <laughs> having them together, but it hasn't been bad. It's your future franchise defenseman right there.
1: I mean... I think both of them have played well, and they played well together. I mean, you saw it. I can't remember if it was Vegas. I think it might have been Boston. That Power had twenty nine minutes, and Dallin had like twenty and a half, whatever. Um, but for me, it it just comes down to like, this is the wrong time to try that out. Like, if you put those two guys together, then you have Bryson, Pilot <laughs> Fitzgerald, yeah, and then a, a a a labored Laboussière. Like, I don't know who. Like, did anyone think that? Hey, like. We're gonna have our two best defensemen on the ice for half the time. The other half of the time, we're gonna have crap, 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 and more crap on the ice. Like I don't, I just, it like I would say situational. It it would be good. Like if you have them on separate pairs, and then and five minutes left in the game, you're down a goal. You need a goal. boom, put them on the ice together. Like that would work. Having them on the ice for the whole game, just just exposes the weakness of your defense depth, and. It just, I mean, I think it's bad coaching, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I would definitely have separated them, uh, because you've got a stacked top line now for defense, and from that point forward, the the cookie crumbles, you could say. So, I, uh, I, I think it's gonna be tough for them to keep up. But I mean, we'll see. There's been a lot of experimentation going on, and now they've, I mean, the lines aren't they back to Skinner Thompson talk offensively on the top line too? So, I mean, I guess, I guess experimentation is good, but I guess when you're trying to get above 500, maybe kind of play it safe. I, I don't know. You know what I well, mean? Well, I like, don't
1: mind the experimentation, but I think this is the wrong time to experiment with that. Yeah. I mean, if you know, if Samuelson and Yoki Haru were here, then fine. Like, go for it. Like, give it give it a go. But they aren't. And I don't know. It's just, it's just been really frustrating, I think, with Granada's decisions this year. Uh, I guess because he has more pressure on him, it just seems like every decision he makes is more criticized than it has in the past. than no expectations, but I mean, I mean, I was really mad when they scratched Jack Quinn. I will say this: Vinny deserves to be in the lineup. Like, I mean, we saw it up yeah. close in that Vegas game. Like, he was flying around, puck making plays. Like, he definitely deserves to be playing. And I really liked the young line of Paterka, Cousins, and Quinn. Like, I thought that was yeah. a really that line really dominated the Bruins. I, I know it was unfortunate that I believe that they were on the ice for that last goal, but I mean that wasn't an, in, an indicator of their performance at all. They dominated. I'm like, I think it's because you know JJ and Jack have really played complete NHL games, which I don't think anyone expected to in the beginning of the year. And Cousins has taken that next step into the being really solid top six center. And that's a really dope line. Like if they, if they could roll that line out, like unfortunately now they can't for another week because Quinn got hurt. But yeah.
0: No, but start know, moving forward after injury. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. I, uh, it, they did hold their own pretty like against a good Boston team. I mean, it's really cool to see. But I mean, like you said, unfortunately we have an injury striking that from happening in the near future. So, but I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, what do you think? Like the game tonight? Like what? What are you thinking about? Like going into it? Like is that? Well, before, before one quick before we talk about that, I think, I think the whole.
1: That young line really reminds me of a, a, another young line. Now, maybe they won't have the ceiling of this line, but the Tampa Bay Lightning went to the Stanley Cup Final in 2015. They had the, the triplet line of Palat, Kucherov, and Johnson. Three very young players all playing together, growing pains together, learning together. All three of them became very good players. I mean, Kucherov's a hard trophy one. I don't know if any of them are going to be hard trophy winners, but... I don't think it's a bad idea to put those two together and just say, you're going to have off nights. We're going to keep rolling with you. Like, have that be like your second line. You have the Skinner Thompson tuck line as your first line. Yeah. And then you got to figure out the bottom six. But the problem with that, and uh, Mike, I think you're going to really like this one. <laughs> saw a clip of After the Whistle with Craig Grave and Andrew Peters, your boys. And they actually made a really good point uh, on one time of, if you talk to every single Sabres forward and you said, what is your role on the team? Probably like 10 or even all of them would say top six forward. And they're not, they're not like you're mm-hmm. not. And I think the problem that's happened is Granado's is playing this freestyle to just develop players. But at some point mm-hmm. you need to tell players like, Hey, this is actually your like, you need to, you need to start establishing roles on this team. Well, that's the type of coach
2: Granado is? He's a player development coach. Do you He's, think that'll hinder them
0: in the future? Like, like once they in develop? a way,
2: I think once they get older and they become the players they are, that'll hurt. Because I think it's beneficial to have him as a coach of a young team. But once they're who they're going to be in the league, I think it's going to be tough.
1: Just, just think, Joe. Right now, we're every week we criticize him for the decisions he makes. Think of a team that actually has high expectations, cup winning, pre- like think if he did the some of the stuff in the playoffs and it cost the Sabres a playoff series. Like, I'm sorry, yeah. like, that's what it comes down to. And the fact of, like, I think Skinner, Thompson, Tuck, Paterka, Cousins, Quano, Quinza, hurt, but, like, those are, that's an interesting top six. And mm-hmm. I, I truly believe that those potentially could probably be your top their best six forwards. Yeah. And then, you know, there's a couple of guys that I think have a role that they buy into, like Aspen's kind of the, you know, throw me around the lineup and I'll be the defensive stopper. Oposo leadership, kind of d- more of a defensive game, dump and chase. If Gergensen's kind of for, for checking, kind of kind of a energizer bunny and that stuff. But then you look at Olofsson <laughs> and Millstat, and it's like those two guys think they're top six forwards. Yeah. Like those guys think their roles are to be pointless. I wouldn't producers. even have
2: Middlestat on the roster. I said no. that. To
1: be, yeah. And what the true <laughs> fact is, Middlestat should be a fourth liner. And a power, he's actually very good on the penalty kill, like a, a power kill. He's actually very good at creating offensive chances for your pe- on your penalty kill, which could help which could help your special teams. Like, that should be his niche. Olsen should be another niche of, hey, I'm going to be on the ice, I'm going to play solid, and I'm going to be in positions to shoot the puck, and then I'm going to be a power play specialist. Like, but then why do you, and those two don't warrant spots then for me then if they're going to be those, but that's what they are, and that's what their role should be, but they're viewed as, oh, I'm a top six winger. And I'm a top six center and they just ain't. I'm like,
0: I... no. Yeah. They, they need to be told how it is. Like they're, they're just it... Get in there, Joe. What do we get in there? And just what I'll, I'll tear him apart. You can't even know thinks he's a top six forward. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. This guy scores one goal and then he's king of the world. You know what I mean? Like the punch in the glass one, and everything.
1: He has one point on five on five through 15 games.
0: Yeah. No way. No way. No way. I, the dude, the dude was only good when he played for the the juniors, right? I mean, like that that when we got him first, like he looked he looked great. Since we've had him, he's been absolute poo poo. And I think honestly, looking at it, I said this season was do or die for him. Did I not? At the beginning, remember it was do or I, die for Middlestat. I, I do remember that. I think he's dying. I think he's dying. The fact that he only has one point in five on five, like come on, how do you keep that around on your team? You can't. You just can't. You can't. We won't. We won't see him next season. I'm calling it right now. But Don Granado's in love with them. You know what I mean? And I think. We've mentioned at that at that Golden Knights game, he scored that goal. Up, oh, that's ten more games of middle Stat. You know what I mean? Like that's just like like because Granado's is just in love with the guy. I don't know why. I don't know why. I I wouldn't be. I I would have I would have cut him. I don't care what you're what you're paying him. Just cut him. Get him out of there. He's he's gone. That's sorry. That's my little rant on Keith yeah. Stat. But it's I mean, fair. <laughs> do you agree? I don't, know, cutting, I mean, I don't I, know.
1: I mean, like I agree that he should be off the team, but I also would agree <laughs> that he has some trade value across the league where you could trade him for like a mid round pick at least.
0: Yeah, you're right. You're right. No, maybe, yeah. Get get him for something while we still can. Like, that's kind of where we're at. You know what I mean? Because another season where he only has one point and five on five, if he continues on that trend, I mean, like, come on. Like, he's not going to be worth anything. He's going to go down and play in the AHL or something. I don't know. He's gonna barely make there. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. I don't know. Tell us that's how you really feel. Crack the yeah. neck or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe Mike needs a chiropractor. I don't know. <laughs>
1: chiropractor is nice. All right, yeah. so let's, try, let's transition to the predictions of the week. So they play home against Vancouver, who is terrible. Yeah. They play on the road against Ottawa on tomorrow. I'm sorry, Wednesday. So they do play back-to-back. And then they play in Toronto for the first game against Toronto this Saturday. And then, again, they play in Mon- – well, not again, but they play Montreal Tuesday. So we'll be – Back for the for that one, so they have another three game stretch.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I feel like I'm being like really positive, like saying, "Oh, they're gonna go two and one on us." But I just truly believe that the yeah. puck is gonna start falling their way somehow. I don't know. I, I I'm gonna go two and one again. Maybe I'm being a little. I don't think I'm being optimistic though. I think I think they're getting more unlucky than they're playing bad. And Vancouver is a bad team, and I I mean, I
0: expect them to yeah. beat one of Ottawa or Toronto. So I'll like two and one. I agree with you. I'm going two and one. I, I think they're going to beat the Maple Leafs and the uh, the Canucks. They beat Ottawa already this season, did they not? Yes, they beat him on home up, the home opener. I think that might be a tough second game, especially the way it's been going. Uh, Mike, Mike is Mike 3-0. is oh Yeah, he's more positive. Okay. I uh, all right, all right, three and oh, Mike, two and one, two and one and three and zero. Two struggling all right. teams
2: and a team that we
1: have played really well against the past few times.
0: That's true. They're definitely gonna be mo- I, like I think
1: Vancouver is a bad team, and they're gonna be motivated. They they're always somehow not somehow, but like they're motivated to play the division. So
0: uh, yeah. I expect them
1: to show up. All right. Um. So last week our scoring predictions were as follows: well. Joe was Skinner and Tage, Mike was Tuck and Tuck, <laughs> tuck, tuck. and then tuck and tuck. Dominic <laughs> was Tage and Darlene. So Dominic got half right with Tage Thompson leading with four goals, and Joe got the other half right. With Tate Johnson leading in points because he had four goals, no assists for four points. Mike didn't get anything right, but Mike was correct on the fact that it was going to be one player that was leading in goals and points. Oh, just picked okay. the wrong player. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: look at that. So That's, uh, it's interesting. I didn't even think about I'm, that.
1: I'm, 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 I'm going to be cheesy here, and, uh, I'm, and I'm, I'm 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 no, I'm going to take the same strategy Mike had, but I'm going to go Skinner and Skinner.
0: Oh. <laughs> Oh, look at that! Look at that!
1: I'm sticking I'm with go. Tuck.
0: You're staying with Tuck and Tuck.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm gonna, I'm gonna fun. split you down the middle there. I'm gonna go Skinner and Tuck. No, Tage. I think Tage has been playing really well, but I think we're gonna see some other people get some opportunities in these next couple games, especially you know Skinner, Whitney Houston's got to be playing in there at some point. We got to get him in there and Tuck. Tuck's going to step it up. He you know he will. I mean, he's going to play pretty well. So you so. said Skinner for goals? Skinner for goals and Tuck for points. What about Vinny? Honestly, that wouldn't be a bad pick. The dude the dude's a speed demon out there. Speedy Gonzalez out there on the ice. Speedy Hinestroza. So, I don't know. Honestly, I was a hater last year. But It's like your main t- man, you're, you're on the Hinestroza train. The Hinastr- the the Vinny train, the Vinny Hinny train. <laughs> So you, you gotta be, I mean, they, he's been, he's proved himself to me. He's putting in a huge effort out there. And I, I mean, I wouldn't pick him for top goal scorer, or point scorer, but I mean, like he would, he's going to, he's definitely going to do something, but I don't know. It shall be interesting. I mean, they have a interesting week and could, could come out two and one or three, and know, oh, as Mike said, I'm hoping the three, and know, oh, but we're going to move into a would you rather, but before that, I just want to say that this episode of the Buffalonian podcast is brought to you by the cast source podcast network, a podcast network built with and for entrepreneurs cover many genres, including sports, business, mental health, marketing, and entertainment feature m- many shows such as sports, bring people together, limitless savers of the metaverse and the athletic mindset. Learn more at cast source.com slash podcast. So fellas, Mike, you're doing the, would you rather this week? Yeah. I hope it's a good one for us, buddy. Come on. Come on. Would Get you us. rather? Okay. Um, Hit us, come on! I don't, I don't know if this was asked, but
2: oh man, would you rather be like an assistant coach, position coach on a pro team, or a head coach of like a junior team,
0: like mid major mm. college?
2: Mm.
0: No, that like, is that similar question has been asked, but not that. That is very interesting. So pretty much, so, would you rather be
2: like,
1: you know, the main head honcho or like? So, would you rather be the head of Han Show on a, a middle tier lower... coach? Yeah. So, you want to be the head of Han Show on a lower level, or you could be on the top, like the, if it's the top dogs, but you're in a lower. Mm-hmm. So, like, would you rather be the wide receiver coach at Clemson or the head coach at UB? Like, kind of, of similar. Niagara. Well, I don't okay. think you be Niagara doesn't have football. Yeah. So yeah, it's not so just was... football. It's any sport. I know, oh. but I was thinking
0: <laughs> it's just any sport. <laughs> I was um, football reference. I don't know. Hmm. Top organizations likely to pay more even for those positions. But would you be getting as much as a head position in a mediocre school is the question?
1: No, nah, hmm. I would take the head coaching position. Greater
0: I would ch- do greater chance of. I would say Being
1: greater greater chance of like I mean look at Brian Kelly he started at uh, Cincinnati and worked his way up to Notre Dame now at LSU. Urban Meyer started at Bowling Green then he went to Utah then went to Florida then went to Ohio State like I mean just you start from the bottom now we here so I'm, I'm I'll say this is I think if you work as a position coach you get stuck there for a little bit and I think the only way you could really move up is if you in inside your school There's a change of inside school, and so then you know you don't know how long that might take you. But if you, if you, I mean, listen, if you go to like the Mac and you win the Mac uh, like once or twice, like they're gonna get a power five job. Like, look at Lance Leopold, he he was solid for UB, now he's at Candace, and they played pretty well this year. I mean, this has been their best year in over a decade.
2: uh, Jaheim Holloway,
0: (laughs) yeah i and mean right. I, I
1: head coach, head coach of St. Peter's. Now is the head man at his alma mater at Seen Hall, and who knows? But if he goes super well there, I mean, I don't know if he leaves mater, but maybe he takes another high coaching next, makes another jump. So I would definitely say head
0: coaching. No, I, I would agree with you on that, Dom. You do have a better, uh, better chance of getting plucked to a bigger organization, especially leading your own team to say like a championship. You know, like the MAC, and you know. I I th- I would rather put myself on that trajectory, like you said, than get stuck as a wide receiver coach for like five years, and then only be able to work my way up within the organization. So, I uh, I'm going head coach, Mike. What do you? What yeah. if you were in that position? Would you? No, pick?
2: I, I was going to say head coach all
0: the way. Okay. All right, we're all in agreement. Look at that. Mm, rare. Good. Rare. Yes, yeah, very rare. Not actually. I think our would you rather's we actually all kind of ended up on the same page, right? Yeah. It's usually, a, it's usually a two-one split. Yeah, yeah. two-one split. Can't, or it, it really can't
1: be a one-one-one split, so no. Yeah, no. can't be a one-two split either,
0: so no. Is that yeah. a two-one or a three-o. Oh? You got mm-hmm. a point there, Mike. Without further ado, you want to take us into those trivia questions, pal? Yeah, of course. So, you know, we see the Colts <laughs> just
2: fired uh, Frank Reich, and he obviously has ties to Buffalo. Yeah, he was our backup quarterback during the glory days. Um, Do you guys know when he was uh, drafted and what round it was? He was do, drafted yeah.
1: by the Bills yes 1984 third round it was pretty close it was third round pick but 1985 oh look at that oh no because it was bruce smith's draft oh Oh. no i i mm, i knew you were close no i knew he was a third round pick out of maryland and i Mm -hmm. knew boomer uh, Sison's roommate I knew. Oh, that was bad on my end. I should knew it was. I should have known it was. 85 I didn't know he was Boomer Seisen's roommate. That's pretty interesting. Well, that's well. I I I know <laughs> there has been like a documentary about the Bills' '85 draft of, like Bruce Frank. I think Andre Reed was in that draft too. Mm-hmm. Mm, I knew that one. Darn. I just knew. You, I knew you did. it was you after '84. But, but, but I knew. Right I, I knew it was after Kelly because they drafted him too. Because Kelly was staying was in the NFL, NFL at that time. He was a gambler, man. can yeah. I say. Yeah. Did little, he, little did he know in about 20 years there would be an actual NFL team in Houston.
2: Yeah. Look at that. Um, we'll go to our Sabres question now. Um, kind of sticking to the draft theme. Um, do you know who the last – this uh, this might be easy. I don't know. But who's the last American the Sabres drafted? Hmm. Like in any round, just in general.
0: Including this G- past
1: draft? Mm-hmm. Was it, oh, dude, I don't know if he's Canadian. He might be Canadian, though. I know he goes to UConn. Um, Jake Richards? Jake Richard? No, wait. Mm-hmm. No, it oh, is. has got it. It's, you got it. Is, is, American. It? is his, is his yeah. name
0: not Richard? It's probably, Isn't I don't know, man? it's probably Richard. Richard. Yeah. Now I got to look that up. I got to look up the pronunciation. Either way, it's him. The only American draft this year. In
2: 22. Yep. Hmm. Fifth round, sixth round, something like that. Hmm. Yes. Yeah, he was, okay. like a, he, was, he was a late pick. This <laughs> last question. All right. It's, it's either a yes or no. Jacksonville, Florida. <laughs> <laughs> this last one's either a yes or no. So we all know that uh, Jeff Saturday is the coach of the Colts now. Mm-hmm. In his last game before this, he was a high school coach. Did he win or lose that game?
1: Oh he lost I lost. saw that yeah yes. lost. He lost the high school game
0: <laughs>
1: then he called then he called the Raiders trash and then he <laughs> him beat him. yeah he did beat you hear the, did you hear did you hear the best story about Jess Saturday first off he was a six round pick in well, last year one seventy for richards mm-hmm. um the best story for just Saturday is once he got hired he had a tr- he had to give his team his fantasy football team to Eric decker because he, you're not allowed to have fantasy football as that coach oh
0: no <laughs> It's amazing. Oh, that's tough. Imagine giving up the team. You put in all the thought and effort. You know that'd be tough. Well, I don't
1: know. No, he's probably getting paid millions of dollars to. Um, <laughs> yeah, to give up. He's getting paid good up. money on ESPN. So
0: true. You ain't got a point. But without further ado, that is going to end it for this episode of the Buffalonian Podcast. I'm Ben Joe Kelly, and as always, I'm joined by Dom Loss and Mike Marino. And Dom, how do you always end these? Go Bills, baby. Go Bills. Go Sabers.
2: Go Savers.